And here are the categories for you. Civil servants. Stamps from around the world. Mothers and sons. Beer. Bar trivia. And finally, celibacy. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French Broadcasting from the Live Network Studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey, it's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts, Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. Look me over and I guess you thought I was all right. Whenever I'm trying to figure out what intro I want to use. Nothing like the original. I just go to the original. Here we are. Who am I to blow against the wind? I love this song. I know, I know, One of the few guys that like made his name with a group and then was better by himself. Or made his name with a duo. Or whatever. Well, the reason was because the other guy in the duo, I don't think, did hardly anything. He sang in a very high-pitched voice. I'm pretty sure that Paul Simon was just nervous to appear on stage alone. So he got Garfunkel just... So he had like he looked like the attractive <laughs> one somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right, right. Garfunkel was the the hot guy in the group. The hot guy <laughs> in the what? Did you just say Garfunkel was the hot guy in the group? I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how Garfunkel got hired by Paul Simon in the first. That's terrifying. I don't think so Garfunkel wrote a single lyric, any of the music. I don't really think you can attribute anything to him whatsoever, other than that he moment was like a support in system. bridge over troubled water where he goes all high on everybody. Yeah. I mean, like a woman? Yes. Yeah, I saw him live. I've seen Simon like Garfunkel live on their reunion tour. So, there's that. Uh, all right, welcome to episode 128 of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast, I think. Afternoon, everybody. Yes. This is one of those after-lunch podcasts. Which after are a never, big meeting. Never as... Uh, as luc- as uh, <laughs> lucrative just, for you. As, no, it's yeah, just like... A, you're getting... This is a... Uh, Required by contract to produce one of these a week. We, we had 35 <laughs> minutes uh, this week to do this for you, and uh, here it is. Here it is, folks. We're, we're going to get right to the uh, get your trivia goodness. You know, I have questions uh, that are going to be on next week's game, but tonight debuts, Nick, one of our, our newest theme games. It's a new version of a theme game that we've done many, many, many times. Okay. Uh, but it's great because it's endless, because whenever you have one of these themes, it's endless material. And tonight's theme is the 80s trivia night. So we're going to be debuting a brand new 80s game, which you've never played. You didn't write. You don't know anything about. Okay. So uh, rather than just give you the same old boring uh, trivia that I always do, I'm going to give you a couple of the 80s uh, questions that I've got uh, in the same categories that we normally produce this in. All right, great. So, uh, so that's, start that's what you I'll have to look I'll forward to. I'll start reminiscing about the 80s. So if you have anything 80s themed within your quiz. Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Oh, okay, all right. Here you 80s go. 80s themed. Here we go. Go for it. General what knowledge. What was the first console video game 
that allowed the game to be saved? And your clue is it was during the 80s. Great question. What is the first console video game that allowed the game to be saved? The game or the console? It was the first console video game. In other words, it's not a computer game. It was on a video game console. That that allowed you to save it. That allowed you to save the game. I'm going to say Nintendo. Right, but I want the game. So You got the console. Legend of Zelda. You got it. Yeah. That was the first game that you could save. I remember. Before that, it was like you played Super Mario Brothers. You, and died, you died, and you went back and you started back it over. Beginning. Trust me, I used to keep it paused for like six hours overnight <laughs> while, you went to... while I went to sleep. <laughs> Turn it back on and then stage. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. That's yeah, like a... Metroid, you couldn't... Could you save Metroid? No, nah, I don't... Contra, you couldn't save? No, Contra, definitely not. That's true. Just a code to put in. In where they all came, but Zelda was the first game that you could save. Yeah, it's a good one. I like that. All right, uh, I'm going to ask you this. What speaker released his debut book, Unlimited Power, in 1987, Nick? Hmm. What speaker... What speaker released his debut book, Unlimited Power... In 1987. Billy Graham? Oh, that's an excellent guess. It the is other not. guy? No. Nope. Baker? Nope. James Baker. That's a good guess, too. It is Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins has been around since what year? 1987. And that's why wow. it's in here. Can you believe that? No. I start that off the game with that. Shocking to me. Right? Because most people are going to be like... I mean, I remember getting those Tony Robbins overnight sort of... Yeah. Things now, and I, I guess started in. I didn't realize I was that seven. Yeah, so I guess he wrote that book. And but then if you think about it, the eighties really were that je- you know that decade Real of the quick, motivational. How good self-help. does that guy look? Woo! How old is he? It's freaking ridiculous! He's got to be <laughs> ancient. Eighty-seven is not a long. Yeah, that's like thirty years ago, bro. It's thirty-two years ago. Yeah, he looks like he's fifty-seven like, years right. old. Right? He told me he so came he started out in two thousand four. I'd have been like, yeah, that sounds about right. Unbelievable. All right, what else he got? All right. Did you see uh, what show had a record low 6.9 million viewers last Sunday? Yeah, the Emmys. Congratulations. Nobody cares. The worst ever. Did you watch? No. Oh, my God. But I've never watched, so it's not. uh, But you can expect an Emmys picture round coming up. We've been through this uh, golden age of television, and it is over. We're through it. (laughs) It (laughs) We've been through it. It ended. Game of Thrones started. It was it, still going on, and when it ended, the ending. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it how many seasons was Thrones? Eight, but it over ten. Okay, years. it ended after season six of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that, that's that's that when it. that's when two TV years ago jumped the shark. Three years ago, yeah, all of television jumped the shark. It's just not good anymore. No, I don't. Uh, not the way it used to be. No, not at all. We, ha- we had that run. Can you tell me how many scripted broadcast network TV shows won an Emmy on Sunday night? One. Zero. Oh my Not God. a single one. <laughs> They've got no right. excuse. You this can't pull one show out this that can nothing. compete. Zero. It's nothing. What nothing. The only one even nominated was This Is Us, which I, I don't watch. <laughs> and nothing about it makes me want to watch it, but what, they were what, nominated. What is, what is the one that uh, that won all the, that everybody's talking about? Fleabag? Fleabag. Yeah, it's supposed to be horrible. I can't, like, can't really? Even and I heard it's great. I heard it's great, but it's like tough. Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to watch it. I just right. haven't. I didn't even hear about it until Sunday, and I was like, oh, I got to watch this this flea bag. Right, well, there you go. 
you'll be happy to know I think you can dominate this 80s round. So at least I'm starting people off. Oh, you got me. You already got me on uh, Tony Robbins, one of my heroes. That might be the toughest uh, question of the entire round uh, based on what I'm looking at. But uh, I'm going to ask you this one in reverse. I'll give them the clue that I don't give you. Do you know who discovered the Titanic during the decade of the 1980s? This is a person's name? Yeah, there's a guy who went out to set his mind to finding the Titanic, and he did it. James Cameron. Isn't that great? But it's not the answer. Uh, uh, his name is Bob Ballard. Oh, how would I know that? I don't know. Well, that's that why I don't unfair. ask it like that. Unfair no, question... podcast question. Unfair after lunch. You're going to ask me that after I lunch? Asked, I asked the audience, what did Bob Ballard discover in the Atlantic Ocean in September of 1985? Not sure if I would have got it or not, but I would have had a shot at it. <laughs> okay, at so least I, I would have had I a shot. Known Bob this, uh... Ballard. Well, I figured maybe he's famous. Like, shouldn't the guy that discovered the Titanic? Do you know All right, so let me ask who you that? You know who, who that guy was, Danny? King Tut? You know who that guy was, Danny? Who discovered King Tut? Mitch Cumstein. <laughs> Mitch Cumstein. My freshman year Your roommate. roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who Ty, that guy was? Wait, what's Ty's last name? Webb. Yeah, what's Ty Webb's freshman year roommate's Mitch name? Mitch Comstein. Mitch Comstein. My freshman, freshman year, year roommate. roommate. No, the, the question is, uh, wouldn't you assume, or wait, who who discovered uh, King Tut's tomb? The guy's name? Yeah. You want a name? I want a name. I know the name. Yeah, I do too. Is there an H involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Howard? Yeah. Yeah, Howard Carter. Okay, Howard Carter. Yeah, you, you got Howard. That's okay, funny. Yes. That's funny. But my point is, he discovered a dead Egyptian pharaoh's tomb. This was the mother freaking Titanic. Okay, with all those things buried in it. Oh, we don't all. know the guy's name. Is that right? What you're saying? I mean, it's ridiculous. So the way I ask it is, you know, uh, the is the reverse of that. But I figure Bob Ballard should get a little bit of love for discovering the Titanic. I mean, there's yeah. a guy who discovered Troy. You know mm. what I mean? Like, there's a German uh, scientist who is was that like, 100%? no, no, no. Yeah. Or is that assumed? Okay. No, it's 100%. Asia Minor. We're, yeah, we're not, a, Asia Minor. We're, we're not 100% on the story being accurate. <laughs> That's for sure. But they 100% <laughs> found. They 100% fought a war, and they 100% found the site of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, legend, different story. All right, want to move on to sports since we're, uh, yeah, I think we did healthy. All right, I got a couple sports ones for you. I'll start you off with this one. Since 1989, Major League Baseball has not had a left-handed thrower play what position? Since 1989. Third base. Right? Don't you think? It's not. It's not. Catcher? Catcher. Yeah, it makes sense, too. Hasn't been a, ca- a left-handed catcher since 1989. It's, it's so hard. Like, you lose a second. Why would you ever do that? Is it, what, because throwing to third? Well, first of all, what are the percentage of right-handed batters to left-handed batters? Nowadays? Yeah. It's not that much difference, I don't think. Back Maybe in the day, 60, used, 40. Okay, but it was used to be A lot 80, of switch 20. hitters and a lot of lefties. It used to be 90-10. But I'm saying, it, today's game, it's I, almost staggered. I mean, it's... Uh, I don't think it is. I, I, think it, I think it's less than 65%. My guess, if I had to take a crack at it, would be 70-30 would be the greatest possible outcome for lefties. But let's say it's 70-30. Okay. okay. 70% of the time, that guy's right-handed. He's blocking your left-handed throw. If, if, it, if, if it is a break of that much, and if it's it is a, that And much. it's a full second difference to get it from being left-handed position to second base based on the distance traveled from literally that spot to this spot. 
Think of where first base is to third base and how often a guy's stealing. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You're throwing across your body. How quick? To the... how, how fast does that happen? I can't imagine it's a full second. It's, it's not a full a second. second. Right, but a it's split second between... is a difference yeah, between eighty no, percent of the well, time. Well, and I also think you can't throw down to third. Not at all. That's just it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. To throw it's to it's third. like a yeah. It's yeah. just not good. Yeah, it's not good. There's no benefit to it. You almost never have to throw to first. Well, you can way. really hold a runner at first, but that's not as valuable as B. If you have a fast runner on second, he's going to steal third every time because you can't get it around, and that's why uh, it's impossible. Yeah, but I think people are going to put. Different third answers. base. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you said, my first, catcher wasn't my first guess. Yeah, it wasn't my first guess. It should have been my first my guess. My first guess was third I base. I played third base. So the thought of playing third base as a lefty It just is doesn't make any sense. Ludicrous. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> so it's ludicrous. That's, that's exactly. Exactly. That's why I guess third base. Yeah. Um all right. I have a bunch of different sports questions for you, but this is a good one, especially for the eighties one. It's probably the hardest one I have in the round though, okay? What? But I'm gonna give you all the clues that I give the audience, because you just got me the last time by saying you're trying to make my brain hurt. So what running back was the first player selected in the 1980s in an NFL draft going number one overall in the 1980 draft to the Detroit Lions? So the first player drafted during the decade of the 80s in the NFL was a running back taken, number one overall, who went to the Detroit Lions. I don't know why you're acting like these questions aren't hard. They are hard. I said this is the hardest one of the round. All right. What do you mean acting like they're not hard? I said this is the hardest one, but yeah, I'm going to give the, you all the, the clues. Who was the number one pick in the 1980 Yeah, but he was draft? the number one overall draft pick. I know, but he's a Lions running, running back, back that I don't know who. I'm just saying it's hard. University of know. Oklahoma. Still before your time, so I don't expect it to be easy. But if you're if you're 10 years older than us. Yeah, but I mean, when I started watching reference. football, it was already Barry Sanders. Okay. It's not, so it's like, who was the running back for the Lions before Barry Sanders? That's, that's what's great about it. I think it. you could ask 100 people this, and less than two would get it. Well, we'll find out. A lot I of want a full there. report on Twitter okay. of how many people got this right tonight. This I, is the I hardest say one in the sports round. I'm going to say zero it's people It's the hardest one right. in the sports round. I'm not, I don't make them all easy, Nick. Uh, I, mean, I have no... Sims. Billy Sims. All right. Look at you. You, Woo! you complain and complain and complain. You're right. You're right. I feel, you say, I, feel, I feel guilty now. Okay. And then you said I did get that. a name that makes sense All because right, I you re- who did Billy, Billy Sims play for? Yeah, Was he the number one overall pick? All right. All right. All right. You got me. Wow. Sorry. All right. <laughs> I'm done complaining for the day. <laughs> we, ate, we ate food. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now here we go. Here we go. I'm going to give you Do this, it. my friend, within five percentage points. Love it. Patrick Mahomes has played 8% of the games that Troy Aikman played in his career. What percentage of Troy Aikman's touchdowns has Patrick Mahomes thrown for in 8% of the games that Aikman played? Okay, I could get this. Um, Within five percentage points, you got a nice window. It's ten, if I'm not mistaken, that's ten percent. It's just my math is terrible, so that's where, that's where I've got to work. Can't be worse than ten percent. Right, so Aikman had—I've seen his numbers before. Um, he had an average of like twenty-five a year for like ten years. He had like let's say two hundred and fifty touchdowns. Okay, give or take. So he's in that range. Uh, Mahomes is already at almost a hundred. So it can't be almost a hundred. He's only played a year, and we got three games into this season. So he's played 
20 games. Okay, so 20 games. He threw 50 last year, didn't he? Okay. And he's got another fucking 20 this year or something. <laughs> he doesn't have 20 in three games. What does he have? It's thrown about three a game, right? He's got so 10 other nine? 10, so he's got 60. Okay, so 25%. 25% of the touchdowns and 8% of the games. So you're saying, you're saying in, in Patrick Mahomes' second season, yeah. four games in, He's already thrown a quarter of Aikman's career touchdowns. Career yeah. touchdowns? Yes. It's even worse. 36%. What did Aikman have? 165. <laughs> <laughs> Mahomes, Sorry. I gave you a little bit too much love, Troy. Mahomes has played one year and three games, and he's thrown 36% of Troy Hall of Famer Troy Aikman's yeah, I, I, career touchdowns. You Is know that what? just... How many rings did Aikman have? Three. Okay. So, let's see what he ends up with. The, the touchdowns are great, no question. But get to three rings, and then we can make fun of Troy. Is that what a number though? That's I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I gave him way too much credit. I'm I, like, I, I let's mean, go without average. Without a doubt, by the end of year two, Mahomes is going to throw at least half as many touchdowns as Aikman has had. It's insane. Career. It's insane. That is that is truly insane. All right, this is a good one. Um, Nick, ten points each. List all of the NHL teams from America that won a Stanley Cup in the '80s. All right, hold, hold, hold off on me for a second here. Got to give me that again. Ten points each. Okay. List all of the Stanley Cup teams from America that won a – or all, all of the NHL teams from America that won a Stanley Cup during the 80s. Did you tell me how many there are? No. So it's just ten points each? Yes. And you're not telling me how many there are? No. All right, let's see. Um Well, the New York Islanders. Ten points. You got your ten points. Hmm. You can stop there. Okay, that's it? Yes. All right. There's one team from America that won a Stanley Cup. Well, because, you know, you got the Oilers winning a, winning a good amount. And the Islanders won themselves quite a few. They won so, four. Yeah, so between and them and... Oilers won four, and Calgary won one, and Montreal 80, won one. Maybe. Yeah. And Montreal won. Yep. Okay. 89 was Calgary. Montreal broke up the four from Edmonton and the Islanders. But isn't that crazy? They haven't, the Canadians haven't won, meaning the entire country hasn't had a Stanley Cup win since 93. During the decade of the 80s, there was one American team that won one. Everybody else is Canadian. It was, it was almost like, all right, we like your sport. We're going to take it now. Thank you. Enjoy. But, cool. we, but we have this good coach. Maybe he can stay. No, no, no. He's coming to the Rangers. No, no, no. He's going to the Red Wings. You know. Like, I mean, it is America. Canada. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Um, you want to move on to geography history? I'm cool with that. Okay. Do it. Fire away. All right. What is the main dialect of Chinese spoken in Hong Kong? What is the main dialect of Chinese spoken in Hong Kong? Apparently, they're having a little bit of problems in Hong Kong. I've heard. Um, I only know Mandarin. The most spoken language in the world is Mandarin Chinese, they always say. It is the other one. 
I don't know the other one. Cantonese. Cantonese. All right, there you go. <laughs> now I know it because I remember it. But I, <laughs> I, I was very honest about that. Yeah, I mean, there's I Mandarin wasn't giving you Cantonese. a guess. Okay, there That's you go. That's why they always specify it's Mandarin is the most spoken because then there's also Cantonese. Yeah, this is not the most spoken. Okay, sorry. That's what they speak in Hong Kong. Now Cantonese. I know Cantonese. Um, okay, so this is a interesting one. What defense plan was announced by President Reagan in March of 1983? Star Wars? Yes. Star Wars. Did Trump bring back Star Wars? Oh, no, he's got something called... uh, Space Force. Space Force, that's right. Much better. So I figured you would go with (laughs) Space Force. I just wanted an excuse to bring up Space Force again. We're going to get Space Force to take out the aliens. Well, maybe he does know something we don't. Maybe that's why he created Space Force. Trump? Yeah. You think I mean, he knows something about well, what's out there? I'm, I'm thinking maybe he's like, all right, I learned something. He's like, I'm creating Space Force. Get this. Did you see what whatever happened with that Area 51 storming? That was like a big news last week, I, and I then think, I didn't see I any. think they're having a rave outside of it currently, and nobody's got balls enough to actually Were they go. supposed to already have raided it? I, 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 I think they raided the outside area around it where the guys with the machine guns said if you take about a step foot closer we're going to shoot you in the head so is this occupy wall street all over again they're just like no, occupying think, the area outside of area have a party 51? for three days and go home okay well, good enough for them yeah, i guess <laughs> somebody's making some money on some t-shirts out I there guess. <laughs> something to do knock it off your bucket list i guess if you've never seen area 51 before who was the first queen of england Ooh. who was the first queen of england mary you got it. Yeah. Mary the first. I figure. <laughs> you know, I I had a, a 50% chance it was an Elizabeth or a Mary. Mary or Anne. Or an Anne, yeah. Maybe well, the Anne's all lost their heads, so okay. I just wasn't going with them first. I was going with a Mary first. Mary. All right. I, I'm i very happy with that one. This is a good one. Do you know who employed Rasputin? Uh, yeah, I think I do. Can at least narrow it down. Uh, Rasputin. Love Rasputin. I love the stories about him. I love the picture of him. He is the most frightening-looking human being I've ever seen. I can only—I've never had a picture that I can smell before, but for some reason, Rasputin's picture—I can smell how what? bad it is. Like where he like, just whatever, like, like. It's like a Wookiee on the worst day in the summer. <laughs> wow. Rasputin, was he employed by Nicholas the first? The second? Nicholas the second. Czar Nicholas the second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know. I know. I know. I was going to say the second. Well, the first felt like was, Rasputin first was, was already dead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else you got in geography, history, fire away, and then we'll nah, let's uh, move on. All right. Let's do it. Entertainment. Got a couple minutes left here. Uh, let's give me uh, ten points each. Steven Spielberg's two famous goddaughters. For ten points each. What are Steven Drew Barrymore? I would say the easy one, but you got it. You got your ten. Can you get the bonus? <sighs> Gwyneth Paltrow. You got it. Yeah, I knew that. It How was did just you know the, that? It was in the back of my head. She because her mother is Blythe Danner, right? And she had a relationship with uh, Stevens, but she talked about it on Stern. Okay, she did that interview with Stern, and she talked all about. You know the guy. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? 
uh, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. Right. He was like, "There's no way Gwyneth Paltrow's story about me makes any sense." She was Gwyneth Paltrow, like Steven Spielberg's her godfather. Like, yeah, you know. And Gwyneth Paltrow was like, "Yeah, he did it." He's yeah. 100% he's like, he's like, it. Come on, I would have done it uh, to all these other people. I wouldn't do it to her. No, I did it to her. But he came out and refuted that what was, she said and said yeah, that was pretty his, much uh, like you know, I wouldn't do it to her. Oh, I, I would go on everybody else before <laughs> yeah, I would do like, it to her. Why would I do it to her? Who's going to believe you, Steven Spielberg? Well, wasn't it Brad Pitt that went and threatened him because of that? Yeah, was that, like, but that was all her story. Uh, on know, Stern, but yeah. that was the interview, okay. same interview. So gotcha. she, she talked about it for sure. Yeah, so. I didn't I didn't think people would put that together because I don't. was she ever in any of his movies? I can't think of any Steven Spielberg movie that Gwyneth Paltrow was in. Nope. I just remember it was the Blythe Banner connection. Okay. Um, all right, so let me see this, if you get this one, uh, for the entertainment round. Albright and Burns were the last names of what two characters whose name appear in the title of the film? And again. Albright and Burns were the last names of two characters. Roe versus Wade. Ooh, that's a good Oh, question. no, Harry Met Sally. There you go. <laughs> Roe versus Wade. What a difference. I was thinking of... What a uh, <laughs> I was thinking of... Uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Albright, of. yeah, no, you got but then it. When, I, when you said Albright right. and Burns, Burns, Harry Burns, I remember Sally Albright, Sally Albright, and it, Harry it, it Burns. Hit me as I was one of my all-time favorite movies, Harry Met Sally. That, that was, was what a run by Rob Reiner. Yeah, in that uh, that span, you know what ended that run? My buddy's film. Did I ever tell you this story? So remember we were uh, so my buddy's those... film is that the name of the film or no? But remember how film? we were talking earlier today about uh, Alan Zweibel, uh, yeah. writer for uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm and yes. many other wonderful things he's helped. He's won uh, Tonys for the work he did with Billy Crystal. He was on Saturday Night Live as a writer for the first five seasons. The legendary stuff he wrote with Gilda Radner, right? Um, guy's an absolute legend. So he writes this incredible screenplay for a movie. Rob Reiner reads it, loves it, decides it's the movie that he's going to make after, I don't know, A Few Good Men, When Harry Met Sally, like just the the list of the Stand By Me, like the list of these movies, yeah. all hits. He picks this, makes a movie, the film's called North. Biggest tank maybe in Hollywood history. I don't even think I've heard of it. It was about a kid who uh, divorced his parents. God, it sounds familiar. Tanked worse than any, like it made six million dollars and cost thirty to make. And it, so, did like, Alan it, write any other movies besides? It's the only movie he ever wrote. I, I think that was the end. He's been on. He's contributed many, many things. Yeah, but, then, I mean, but he like, should get on the horse again. But this, and write but this movie, was his I mean, like biggest crowning achievement, and it was a masterpiece. It was a brilliantly funny movie, and just about what this kid went through. And it was great, and it was a total bomb. Yeah, on the heels of I, I, something all of about that success. like a kid divorcing his parents. Yeah, does not that's get me how to, they does not get me to this. That's theater. how they pinned it, and in like 1987, at the time, it just yeah, didn't it just play. Appeal. People were like, "I'm not into it, little brat." <laughs> What's funny is they're they kind of uh, brought that back in for the uh, well, 90210. It, would you ever bring reboot. your kid to a kids movie about a kid divorcing the parents, no matter what? Right. No. No. I don't want to give him ideas. But are you watching the 90210 reboot? Yeah, I watched the first episode. And I haven't. Jenny Garth's. Daughter is threatening to divorce her if she won't let her act. But Jenny Garth doesn't want her to act because she doesn't want her to go through the same stuff that she went through. Yeah, it's great. 
That's this is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the the reboot of the show is actually very nostalgic. I thought the first episode was the worst thing I ever saw in my whole life. It's gotten and, better. And I was like, I'm not watching anymore. You're telling me it's gotten better. So somebody else said, "Oh yeah, the first episode's horrible. You got to keep watching it." So I watched the second episode, which was way better than the first episode. Okay, because I thought the first episode was so bad, I didn't even want to talk yeah, it about was, it. It was the worst thing I ever saw. In well, my life. I, I felt yeah, embarrassed so bad. to say it because I was yeah. such a big fan of Nino that I don't want to like disparage it. I was, yeah, no, I, you know how your mom says, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, don't even bring it up. Yeah, I was acting like as if I didn't even say it and just right. moving on with my okay, life. Okay, so you're saying if I could get through that somehow and get that out of the my mind, the second episode is better. better. Uh, I'm not going to speak for the whole you thing. You think the band Color Me Bad comes back and makes an appearance because they have really, that was the height of their existence, really, wasn't it? Well, Them in the same hotel room as Donna Summer's cheating dad. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing, too, without, like, the fact that, like, Dylan's not in it, it's almost like. That was a bummer. Did they figure out, like, well, before another one of us dies, we better, we better do money. this now. Yeah. Because then it's going to be real sad. Like, because really, at this point, if you lose Jason Priestley, you can't even do it. No, I think what they, I think what they, I think what they looked at was that Fuller House is making all of those people relevant again, and people are big on the nostalgia feels, and it's like now or never. We don't want to see the Golden Girls version of you. Like you still look interesting enough to us that we're like we want to see what you turned out like. Same reason why you want to see the hot girl from high school and what she looks like now. Right. I did, and I did like how in the first episode the one guy called her Kelly. And she was like, oh, fuck, all right, you're done. But she was just like, all right, I'm going to go find me a farm boy. And then she was like, farm boy, farm boy, farm boy, or whatever. <laughs> like, I like how that was the only insult that she could muster up. I was like, you're just a, mm, how dare you call me Kelly Taylor? It's like, you know, everyone that's ever slept with you is only well, thinking about Well, it's Kelly also Taylor. funny because it's self-deprecating a little bit where yeah, it's like I Jason like it. Priestley's not this nice guy that he appears yeah, like it's a total on jackass. the show. It's, yeah, like, yeah, I, it's like she hates him in real life. He's like this jerk. The the sequence in the beginning when they, Ian Deering's getting cheated on by his girlfriend. That's funny. <laughs> that's fu- it is. It is. Ian Deering's the, pathetic at it. But he again, him, his Sharknado career is like, all right, we're done. Um, but it's. It's funny for him to be self-deprecating, yeah. I think, in a way. I don't know. I had his uncle as a substitute teacher throughout my high school career. Mm. Last name? Mr. Zeering. Yes. <laughs> it, Did it they was. tell him that you, uh, I-A-N is pronounced Ian and, and not I-A-N? every other world except this guy's head. <laughs> so annoying. All right. Uh, what you got for me? Or am I, oh, you just asked me that, so I'm going to give you this one. Um, what actress's famous workout videos made their debut in September of 1982? Jane Fonda. That is correct. Yeah, I didn't that was it. all the rage in the 80s. Biggest thing out there. Yeah. Number one seller Everybody for Everybody was all about the Jane Fonda workout Everything. video. I have one more like quintessential 80s question since that was that was just too easy for you. Go ahead. I, I, Go ahead. No. Um, everybody seems to know the first video ever on MTV. Right? Video killed the radio star. What was the second video ever? All right. I happen to know a little something about this. I, I'm not saying I know it. But I know I've it's, committed it to memory at this point. It's not like the Buggles. It's a legitimate star, I believe. Like it, it's somebody who's very well accomplished and well known. Is that not on the right track? Yes, big time. It's star. somebody big, big time star, single performer, female single performer, but not the biggest hit. Not their biggest no. hit. Is it Madonna? No. It's Pat Benatar. The song is called You Better Run. You ever hear it? 
Jeez. Whenever <laughs> I think of You Better Run, I think of that Pink Floyd lyric from uh, The Wall. You better, you better run. run. Yeah, that's, that seems about right. Hmm. Let's see. All right, I got one more from the Emmys before you want to close the show. We actually have to roll. Okay. Well, it's up to you. You want it? Yeah. yeah Ten yeah. points each. Uh, name, name the two shows that have won the most primetime Emmy Awards. Ten points each. The two shows that have won the most primetime Emmy Awards. In history? In history. Collectively? Collectively. All time. <sighs> One is like far and away because it's been on TV for so long and it just there's a category it wins every year and it It's like a law and order one of those. No, it's my least favorite show on television. Your least it's been favorite. around since nineteen seventy five. By far and away one of the most Oh, like uh like a new one of the new shows. It's type? not a new show, like it's a variety minutes. show. Saturday Night Live has been around. Saturday Night Live. Oh, really? Yeah, is that prime time? Eleven thirty at night. That's, on what I, that's why I didn't even put it in yeah, my head. That's, that's why I was kind time. of leading you towards it, so you would know. Yeah, that, that's the one. And then the other one is uh, relevant and an all timer. Hmm. Seinfeld. Game of Thrones. Oh. Now number two. Oh. Used to be Frasier. Used to have Vomitous. the the number two spot. Talk about Game something that is just so undeserved. Oh my God, Game of Thrones! That's, I I don't know. Well, it won a bunch of Emmys when it was good, too. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like they shouldn't be awarded. Like that's just encouraging them. It's encouraging people. Do to you know do the this only actor from uh, Game of Thrones to win an Emmy? Only actor from Game of Thrones. Uh, God, I hope it's Cersei Lannister. Cersei Lannister. Dinklage. Oh, Peter Dinklage. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. There you go, folks. Episode Emmy's, 128. Emmy recap here this has been the <laughs> at the uh, podcast. Visit us online at quizopodcast.com for more information.
Where's her fairy tale? Where's her 